Oh, Father, come into this place right now. Fill this room with your Holy Spirit. Hear our praises to you, Father, because we love you and we thank you for being here. I pray now that each heart would be open, that eyes and ears would be open to hear your word this morning, Father, and you may have a different word for each one, and, uh, and we know that's the way you work. And so we come before you this morning, Father, and we pray that you will speak in Jesus' name. Amen. I am taking um, what I will be saying this morning from Psalm 42, from God's Word, verses 1 and 2. Some verses that you will be familiar with. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When? When can I go and meet with God? The writer of this psalm is in agony. He longs to know the presence of God. He longs to be delivered from his enemies. His memory goes back to happier days worshiping in the temple. And he longs to experience this again. Yet in the midst of his tears, he also has hope as he concludes, for yet I will praise you. Immediately we know several things about our writer. He has experienced God to the degree that he deeply yearns for him. He is surrounded by troubles in an atmosphere of unbelief, and he hangs on, maybe by his fingernails, to his trust and hope in God. Now, I don't know about you right now, but I am thirsting for God in a dry and weary land. Any of you relate to that? I am thirsting for God, and I suspect that you are too. Our national crisis has turned everything upside down and silenced us. And in a moment in time, we have become blatantly aware, interestingly, of our need for God. Never in my life have I seen so many references to prayer on television. Never in my life have I seen our U.S. president regularly refer to God without people flagging him down and saying, separation of church and state. There is such a window of opportunity right now to reach out in this world to those who are yearning to know God, and we know him. In the midst of it all, there is a small voice, so quiet, you almost can't hear it, beckoning you to come to the streams of living water, where you may freely and joyfully indulge, going back to your first love, to revive you, to raise you up in the midst of the storm and to fill you with the spirit of the living God. And that voice comes in many ways, doesn't it? And many of us in this room have experienced it in a variety of ways. A passage of scripture may jump off the page to you and kind of embed its way into your heart. A thought surfaces and repeats itself throughout the day, calling you to God or pointing in a direction of someone that he wants you to be ministering to. There is a joy that maybe fills you at a point in time that you can't explain. You are stilled by a moment of beauty. 
You are touched by kindness and compassion of another. Events come together in such a way that the hand of God is unmistakable. And these are only a few. God speaks to us in so many ways. And God gives us glimpses of himself if we will just slow down and pay attention. These glimpses of God's wooing, the small voice calling out to our thirsty hearts, saying, I am here. Come. Enjoy me. Spend some time with me. Listen to me. I made you to have fellowship with myself. Well, now question. Do you ever wonder why people stare at the ocean so much? I mean, it's pretty, and here we are, right by the beach. Why do we go down there? Why do we stare? Why do we enjoy that so much? Is it not possible the ocean itself reminds us of the largeness of God, of his mysteries, of his creativity, of his goodness? And it is, it is strong, and it is beyond anything that we can control. And we go and we stare. And sometimes, my favorite, is that he blesses us with dolphin in those waters or a periodic whale going by. Have you ever considered how he speaks through the movies that you watch? I've read that uh, the average person in college watches between 10 and 14 movies a month. Some of you may be doing much better than that. Um, but nevertheless, that's, that's a few to sink in there. And, uh, and I've thought of how movies have spoken to me um, at different times, beyond the story itself but by um, certain ways that it, it may clutch at our hearts or, or a thing in that movie that we may go away with that gives us a little different view of God or a little different view of ourselves next to God. I think of two movies. They're kind of old ones. Okay, I do watch new movies too, but I'm going to refer to a couple of old ones here um, because they have, uh, they have done those very things to me. One of them, I, I'm sure you, you, well, I'm not sure if you've watched it, actually, considering when it came out, Chariots of Fire. Some people seen Chariots of Fire. Uh, the story of Eric Liddell, a missionary who uh, was also an Olympic runner and, uh, and made some strong decisions to not run on the Sabbath. But his sister was kind of distressed with him, and if you haven't seen this movie, which was best picture of the year when it came out. I really commend it to you. But his, his sister in this movie um, was not thrilled with the fact that he was going to run at all. She said, you're called to be a missionary. You need to go and do that. What are you fussing around with the Olympics for? Which we kind of don't look at it that way anymore. But nevertheless, she said, why are you doing this? And he answered her, because I, when I run, it gives him pleasure. And they have this little clip of him running. And some of you have seen this. He throws back his head, and he's looking towards heaven, and he's grinning from ear to ear. And he is delighting in God. And it is just, I mean, I just soar when I see that scene. And if, again, if you haven't seen that, you need to look that one up. Or how God has spoken to me through a movie that maybe a lot of you haven't seen. It's a much lesser-known movie. But it does have some pretty famous folks in it, Sally Field and Julia Roberts and a host of others, called Steel Magnolias. These are my kind of gals. <laughs> I love this movie. Okay, it's a gal movie. If you're going to call it a gal movie, it is a gal movie. In this movie, uh, we see this wonderful relationship between friends, and we see... Um, 
we see the uh, progressive degeneration of the daughter in this movie, Julia Roberts, and the concern of her mother, Sally Field, and the close relationship that they have. I don't remember their names in the movie. I should. I've watched it quite a few times, but nevertheless. Um, we get to the end of the movie, and Julia Roberts, I hate to say this because you probably haven't seen it, if, uh, but she passes away. And there is a scene at the end of the movie where uh, they are in the graveyard, and the friends, and this whole movie has developed this wonderful friendship between these women. And the friends are just kind of hovering and shaking. What can we possibly say that would comfort her? And what I think is, uh, what I think is actually Sally Field's finest moment in acting, and, and others have actually said that too, which I thought was kind of neat. She, um, she, she has walked away from the grave, and she's trying to deal with this, and she's walking toward uh, just kind of the, the hills there, and her friends are following her. And she spins around, and she looks at him, and she clutches her fists, and she says, Why? I just want to know why. And when I heard that, it went far beyond a movie of a mother losing a daughter, and I could, I could imagine with horror what that would be like. But when she said why, it went deep into me, and it said, why, God, why do you allow these things? Why do these things happen? Why? And it touched me at a place that other things haven't. And music, uh, God will speak through movies and he will speak through music. You have favorite songs that just kind of move you every time you hear them. Or he'll speak through art, or he'll speak through poetry, or all of the creative things that he has given us because he is creativity. And we find ourselves moved and stilled, and something in these things makes us long. We need to be reminded to listen to all that is going on around us and inside of us, to hear the voice of God. But you know what? We push down on our longing, and we busy ourselves, don't we? Because it's easier, much easier. And we are afraid to be still, and we wonder... Why would God care about someone as insignificant as me? Why would he talk to me? Because he does. And further, and think about this, he places the yearning for him within us. It is not our own doing. It is God's doing. Well, you know this quote from Augustine, you have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And that's really how it is. We thirst for God. Marjorie Thompson, in her book Soul Feast, tells the story of a friend, uh, one that she describes as a woman of deep prayer. My friend was describing what she had heard in response to the question she, put forth to, she puts forth to Jesus each morning. Her question is, what do you want me to tell the people? This is what she would ask Jesus each day. For many years, the response she received was, tell the people I love them. Then one day came the reply, tell the people I miss them. This story suggests that God speaks to us a day, a concept sadly foreign to many 
believers. After all, the woman heard from God. And as I suggested earlier, God speaks to us in a variety of ways, but he also does speak to us very clearly through our thoughts if we are still, and we will listen. Notice the psalmist says not only that he thirsts for God, but for the living God. The living God that has walked into this room and is with us right now. I'm not sure which seat he's sitting in, but he's in here. Well, three and a half years ago, I was teaching junior high Bible. And some of you, I'll just touch a little bit on this because I covered it a little bit in my testimony when we were first introduced. And I was feeling restless. And I've come to find out that when I'm feeling restless, I need to check in with God uh, for a longer period of time and find out what that's about. And so I went to a teacher's conference at Forest Home, and um, I went to most of the conference, but I spent an afternoon in the chapel listening. And during that time, God came near. And he told me at that time that he wanted me to quit teaching junior high and to go to seminary, and after that, wait. And so even though it meant a lot of different things, including moving and quitting my job and so forth, I did. And waiting was hard. And uh, there was a long time of quiet and stillness. But during that time, a time that I wouldn't exchange, God spoke to me. God came to me. God stilled my heart. God redirected me during that time that he created. And he created a space for me in which to do that. If God is not alive... If God does not speak today, then I'm in trouble. We're all in trouble. But you see, he is alive. He is desperately trying to get our attention. And he will get our attention. with you, Moses. I will be with you, Cameron. I will be with you, Courtney. I will be with you, Lindsay. I will be with you, Eddie. I will be with you. The answer to the questions that we ask, indeed the very purpose of our lives, is found in silence and solitude and reflection, where we, were, where we are able to converse with God, to speak out, and to listen. Here we create an inner receptivity, a space where we can hear our deepest longings and penetrate into reality, God's reality. Isaiah 30, 15 through 16 reads, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. And you would not, but you said, no, we will speed upon our horses or cars or planes. We'll just run the rat race. When I was um, attending Fuller Seminary, I had uh, an assignment for a class. And it was to um, go and spend a day uh, alone with God down at the beach 
And typically I would love to do that, except it was the end of the uh, semester and there were a lot of finals and uh, my mind was just filled with everything that I had to do. And I was kind of ticked <laughs> that I had to go and do that. Um, but I did and I thought, well, you know, I like the beach and I love to be alone with God. I just hope I can still myself. And I sat there and I went down actually before I sat down. It was just kind of a cold, gray, miserable day. But I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to journal. I'm going to do uh, the assignment here. And I waited, sat down on my beach chair and I waited to hear from God and I waited for some direction in scripture and uh, I waited and I waited. Finally, I got frustrated. I thought, you all know those feelings. I have got this test tomorrow. I have got these papers due. And if that's not enough, you know, I've got to wash the dog. I don't know. But there were things that I had to do. And they all just came crowding down on me. And I just, I was sitting there thinking, okay, I've put in my time. I'm going to cut out. I'm going to go back. I'm going to do the things that I need to do. And I'll write something. You know, I tried. I did try. I gave it an honest try. And just as I was getting ready to get up and leave, uh, in front of me scampered an interesting little scene that otherwise I might not have noted, noticed, except that I was planning to, uh, to be there to focus on God. And uh, along came these birds along the beach. You've seen them. Uh, the, the, the waves were kind of coming in and out and in and out, and there, were these, there was this pack of little birds and they were kind of irritating, you know. I watched them, and they were just kind of running, little tiny legs, and they were just kind of running along the shoreline. And the minute the tide went out, they'd peck wildly at the sand to get their food. And they'd run around together. They were all following each other. Peck, 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 you know. Water would go out, and they'd get their food, and then they'd dash back up the beach. And I watched this kind of humorous little scene for a while, and I thought, bizarre little birds these are. And uh, they were, uh, I, I came to find out, sanderlings, I guess is what they're called. I, I couldn't help but notice a little while later that there was this other bird that came along the beach. And it was walking very slowly and very intentionally. Same direction as the little birds, but very slowly and intentionally. And it's, it would stop and it would just observe what was going on around it. And it would dig its beak, this sandpiper, deeply into the soil, and it would withdraw exactly what it needed. It wasn't flustered. It was by itself. It was paying attention. It was getting fed. And it was getting greatly fed. It was having a good time. And I looked at that for a minute, and I... Uh, I mean, I'm sure anyone looking at me probably thought, what is wrong with this woman? I just started laughing by myself. You know, people always worry about you when you laugh and you're by yourself. And I thought, how very interesting that is. And then God spoke. Which way are you going to have it, Kathy? Will you run with the rest? anxiously and frantically trying to care for your needs? Or will you rest in me? Will you watch and wait and dig deeply into my word, into my resources? God comes 
whether we, uh, whether we want him to or not sometimes in the space that we create for him. He comes lots of different times, but when we make space and when we make silence, he comes. And the psalmist says, when can I go and meet with God? When indeed. Our churches in America are filled with people who are too busy to be still. Too busy to find out why they are here. Too busy to spend any time with the one who loves them just as they are. Too busy, too busy, too busy. Be still and know that I am God. Can you hear him? Listen. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Help me, Lord. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come to you, and we ask as we come before you this morning that you would help us to find space in time in this busy life to listen for you. Father, we are thirsty. We are thirsty for you now in a dry and weary land. Lord, will you come? We invite you to come. We pour out our hearts before you, Father. Speak to us in your still, small voice. For your servants come. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Please stand. Receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May you hear his laughter today and his delight in you. In Jesus' name, amen.